Hello, my fellow humans. Welcome to the Transagenda Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McQuaig, and we're back again for some more spicy content. Nice to meet you if you are new, and nice to see you again if you are coming back. It has been a while since I've been up to date with my topics, but anyways, I should get into this ASAP or I'm going to miss the time frame. However, I have a little personal stuff to talk to you all about. So last episode, I had some announcements at the end of my video. If you haven't watched it yet, please do. I'll link it below. But anyways, I've mentioned that I was going to be on a panel that Sunday. Turns out it had to be postponed and was later cancelled. It's sadly not this Sunday. I I hoped it was going to be, but it's not. Um, anyways, I just wanted to let you guys know that the reason that you can't find it is because it doesn't exist. Anyways, let's get into the actual meat and potatoes of this episode. So the first thing that I have to go over is what exactly the hashtag don't say gay bill is. For those of you who aren't from Florida or from around there, you might not be aware. I sure wasn't until a while ago. This came to my attention after I saw it popping up that there were additions made to Bill SB 1834 in Florida that threatened queer Floridian kids. Of course I was concerned, just due to the US's track record with LGBTQ plus rights. But anyways, I should probably explain. First, I'm going to read the additions directly from the law itself. Yay, we get to analyze legal documents. It's fun, I swear. Please don't click off. I totally am not really annoyed that I have to do it. But anyways, I think it's important that we start the analyzing from the very beginning. Talk about primary sources, eh? This particular edition is what made LGBTQ plus advocates concerned, as well as myself. Quote, A school district may not encourage classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. End quote. Now this isn't unexpected coming from the U.S. to be gatekeeping education. Very similar laws were put in place limiting CRT in schools not that long ago. I would just like to mention how serious this addition is to young LGBTQ plus children, as well as those with LGBTQ plus loved ones. Not only the children, though, but also queer educators and educators with queer loved ones. To sum it up, almost everyone slightly connected to the LGBTQ plus community will be negatively impacted by this bill. The reason I say this is for a number of reasons, but I want to talk about queer educators for a small moment. I know that it's mainly focused around how it's going to impact children. However, I think queer educators kind of get slipped underneath the rug. As I just said, in conversations about this bill, the argument is usually made that the purpose of this bill is to stop children from learning about LGBTQ plus history and identities. I'm not saying this is wrong, and I actually agree with this assessment, but I think there's a bigger ploy here as well that we don't necessarily see. Let me just read this further addition 
to sort of illustrate what I'm trying to say here. Quote, by June 30th, 2023, the Department of Education shall review and update as necessary school counseling frameworks and standards, educator practices and professional conduct principles, and any other student services personnel guidelines, standards, or frameworks in accordance with the requirements of this act, end quote. It is also said in the bill that parents have the right to pursue legal action against all involved in sharing this information with their child if they see fit. This is not only limiting education, but it's directly impacting the livelihoods of LGBTQ plus educators and their allies. If talking about being gay in a classroom is suable, then how much job security is there for gay or trans teachers? Could simply talking about their significant other be considered a violation of this edition? We don't know. I want to draw your attention to a few phrases that are important to highlight in this section. In legal documents, it's extremely important to be really, really specific with what you mean by law. This prevents loopholes and general misunderstandings in a court of law. This is like the biggest thing about reading laws and interpreting laws is that it seems like there's a lot of ridiculous information, but it's really just a ridiculous amount of clarification, if they're well written, that is. Loopholes in laws allow for so many dishonorable things to occur, and corporations in particular are notorious for using these. With them, though, there are also those who push agendas, whether that's far left or far right. I do have to say, though, that they're used a lot more often by far right parties than far left parties, so it's definitely not an equivalence, like in this instance, for example. Now, that said, I'd like us to get redirected back to the quote with that information in mind. Quote, a school district may not encourage classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students, end quote. You notice that too, right? In this particular section, it also says specifically in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. This immediately set off alarm bells in my literary analysis brain. This leaves so much up for interpretation. What does age appropriate mean? That's a very subjective sentiment that could sway either way. A homophobic parent, for example, could deem the word gay as not age appropriate in their student's classroom and limit the usage by teachers. This not only limits the education about LGBTQ plus people, but can easily be used to outright ban our existence. These are situations clearly not taken into account by those writing the bill, which isn't surprising because there is no way that a queer representative was used to prevent these biases from slipping into the bill. In fact, there was not. Not that there ever were in bills that were like this in past, but that is also a topic for another day. Now, even just the idea of a bill like this, even if it was more specific, is still dangerous and echoes the treatment of queer history and perspectives in education from decades prior. The idea that talking about sexual orientation and gender identity is not age-appropriate is a sentiment that has been heard for years, and quite frankly has no real backing whatsoever. It's rooted in the heavily pushed idea that homosexuality and being transgender are sinful or immoral, 
which was specifically heavily pushed in the U.S. pre- and post-AIDS era. It doesn't really make logical sense, nor did it ever. But of course, we have our favorite conservative lesbian to explain to us why the LGBTQ plus education is indeed an issue. This is where Ariel Scarcella comes in. Guns a-blazing, as always. Recently, Luxander made a video about Ariel's spicy tape, which I think is very well done and kind of inspired this episode. I'll also link that in the description for you to look at. It talks way more on the hypothetical side and experience side of things than I will here, so its video shows the alternate way of opposing Ariel's take. My method will be more on the statistics side of things, but both are valid ways of criticizing Ariel, so I wanted to draw some attention to that. Anyways, let's get into the flaming pot of turfism with the lovely Ariel Scarcella. Now, sadly, I wasn't able to just put a clip of her audio from the video here due to YouTube hating my guts for some reason. So with that, I'll link her video down below for those of you that want to hear what she said straight from the source. If not, you're sadly just going to have to trust me on my interpretations and paraphrasing. I'll try to be as unbiased as possible when doing so though, but it might just be good to hear it right from the horse's mouth, I guess. In essence, what she says is what she always says when things like this come out. She defended the bill by denying that it was in any way dangerous to LGBTQ plus youth and spinning the production of the bill onto the left. She goes into specifics, but all of her specifics are surrounding that mentality. The overarching smoking gun she has in this argument is that it specifies primary school, meaning young children can't learn about it. This, of course, isn't really the win she thinks it is, because there is still an issue with that being the case. We know what it says, Ariel. That's our whole problem. She oddly enough plays the identity politics card and basically justifies her stance by because I'm a lesbianing her way through it. Plus, of course, throwing every other flavor of queer person under the bus entirely. But anyways, this paraphrasing is getting a little bit biased, so I should move on to the analysis, which I've already kind of started to do in this explanation. Now, I've made, I think, one episode about Ariel Scarcella's bullshit. If I have, I'll link it in the description, but I'm pretty sure she's come up at some point. Regardless, my opinion of her is simply that she's an opportunist and a grifter. She uses the same shock value that Blair White uses, Less successfully, sadly for her. Just had to pull out the tiniest violin for that little comment. But anyways, she basically just used the opposite of the left-wing gay you think of due to the politicalization of queer people as a minority. More on that topic in last week's episode. Anyways, that's why you see her having this staple conservative view of LGBTQ plus people. For example, denying the existence of gender fluid people, saying education about LGBTQ plus people is not age appropriate, 
and denying the connection between the lack of education and poorer mental health for queer youth. She also throws in a nugget of transmedicalism by saying that real gay and trans people will know that they're gay or trans without someone telling them what being gay or trans is. And that, in essence, is what I think this video is about. I think she's just using this event to frame the left as indoctrinating the children and to further insinuate that children are being taught inappropriate things in school. It's fear-mongering flat out and she's just doing it for attention. Now, fear-mongering surrounding education in the US in particular has been growing over the past few years. It was the same at the time of the civil rights movement, and it's used as a tactic to limit progress for minorities. And the inappropriate content card has been played historically so many times, not just in the US, but elsewhere as well. From an analysis standpoint, it's easy to see the issue that this legislation poses. And it's not the only legislation either. An article by the 19th reads, Quote, at least seven states have introduced bills to regulate how textbooks and school curriculums talk about LGBTQ plus people or how teachers can describe identity and sexual orientation with students. These bills focused on schools are at the nexus of two movements, adding restrictions on LGBTQ plus youth and limiting what they can be taught in schools. The fight over sex and gender are happening alongside those of teaching about bias and systemic racism, end quote. The war on education, so to speak, has been going on over the past little while with pushback against the teachings of CRT and American schools to restrictions on teaching about LGBTQ plus people and issues. This is part of how conservatives keep their base. If the schools start teaching things that are against what conservative parties are preaching, then the schools must be corrupt and left-leaning. That's the explanation you must give to your base if you wish to keep them there. It's the only thing that doesn't really make logical sense, but it's the only thing that people will likely fall into believing. Now, the politicalization of priorities was... I though it's long, to understand my stances on these sorts of things and why I think LGBTQ plus issues need to be separated from politics entirely. They need to not be used as a platform tool by left parties and certainly not as a connection tool of hatred by those of the right. Regardless of that, it's important to mention how important education about queer identities is, especially for queer youth. Over the past few years, we've seen a surge in knowledge of queer existences, and with that, the ages of coming out are getting younger and younger. Some say that's a bad thing, but as a queer person, I think children being able to say who they really are and becoming accepting of themselves at such a young age is beautiful. One possible privilege that many other minorities have that queer people don't is that many of us aren't related to those of our same minority, most women know at least one other woman. Many people of color grow up in households where their family members are of the same race or ethnicity. LGBTQ kids don't have the same amount of that. And if you don't teach them that it's okay, they're going to hear that it's not okay on the playground at some point. Kids will hear about gay people. It will happen no matter if you outlaw the word gay or not. This is something that the right knows. 
The only thing you can control is the framing of whether gay is positive or negative. Sadly, it often sways on the negative side when it comes up. That's why we want specific education about queer people. It's the positive to balance out the negative. It's not to indoctrinate anyone. It's purely to level the sloped playing field so these kids might be able to have a semi-stable mental health. Though this official study doesn't include transgender people in its findings due to the year it was made, these results still ring true and probably apply to transgender people tenfold. Quote, Results from the 2019 Youth Risk Behavior Survey show that nationwide, more U.S. high school students who self-identify as lesbian, gay, or bisexual report having been bullied on school property, 32%, and cyberbullied, 26.6%, in the past year than their straight peers, which is 17.1% and 14.1%, respectively. The study also showed that more LGB students, 13.5%, than straight students, 8.5%, reported not going to school because of safety concerns. Students who identified as not sure of their sexual orientation, 19.4%, and not going to school because of safety concerns, 15.5%, end quote. In this study, there are also recommendations on how to combat these results, one of them being, quote, to ensure that health curricula or educational materials include HIV, other STD and STI, and pregnancy prevention information that is relevant to LGBTQ youth, end quote. This and most of the other recommendations wouldn't be possible if this legislation passes. It is directly in the way of protecting LGBTQ youth from bullying and harassment. It is clearly seen by anyone really looking to analyze its impact that is harmful. This research took me less than 10 minutes to find. It's right there, Ariel, but you refuse to accept that the left is correct. You didn't need to touch on this either, if it was your grift that you felt was in jeopardy. You chose to cover this and spread misinformation about what this bill does and means for LGBTQ plus That's on you and everyone else that parrots that sentiment. But anyways, that's the analysis of this bill that I wanted to share with you guys. I think it's super important to go straight to the laws when stuff like this comes up, because it's common that there are misunderstandings just due to the nature of legislation and its absurdly educated language, but that's an opinion of mine that is more on the irrelevant side. I hope you found this episode informative and such, and I hope that you see where I'm coming from with all of this. Thanks for listening. I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge where the world has been this past week. I know that I have a decent viewership base in Ukraine, and I just wanted to say that I stand with you all, and my heart goes out to you. I intend on making smaller midweek episodes over the next little while and monetizing them. All of the funds from those episodes will go directly to aid in Ukraine. The donation link I will be using is in the Transagenda link tree down below. Please donate if you can. The link I have has been verified and makes a massive difference. There is even more fear in Ukraine from queer communities there as well, and I think it's my duty to be mindful of how we and other people are being affected this week. Take care of yourselves, you're all lovely, and I hope to see you next time on the Transagenda. 
Keep fighting, you beautiful people. All the love. Peace. really annoying. Before you leave, I just wanted to remind you all that I'm accepting interview applications. I want to ask some of you folk about your experiences and opinions to add more depth and perception. I want to ask some of you folks about your experiences and opinions to add more depth and per- oh my god. And per- can I say perspective? and perspective to my episodes. If you're interested, please DM me on the podcast Instagram. It's at the underscore transgenda for those of you not already following it. And while you're there, why not give me a follow? It guarantees you won't miss anything new from me. Plus, I post there, so why not? There are also polls and more one-on-one content over there as well. If you want to see more from me, check out the link tree in the description below. I've been on panels and made some helpful playlists if you want. You can check them out. Now that I've said all of my words, I will let you go about your day. Have a good rest of your day or a good rest if you're a late listener. Keep fighting, you beautiful people. All the love. Peace.